year what is going on everybody we are back with another episode of from my experience podcast i'm your host rob and we have a special guest today no biff with us tonight biff's been uh going through it much like all of us have Um, my energy is a bit low because i actually exercised today and i just got back from a little parting ceremony for some kids so my energy is a little low but i am excited about our special guest so um, this is another fellow Claflinite, Panther Pride all day, every day. Yes, Claflin has produced some excellent, excellent world leaders. Um, <laughs> this person, I've always admired her. She was always kind, nice, warm, receptive. Never heard anyone say anything bad about her. Her smile always lit up campus, and <laughs> yeah, that's all, that's all I really got to say. I'm very proud of her. Um, I definitely owe her one. We were supposed to go bowling, but I'm trash, and I was trying to sell real estate, so I didn't make time. So I'm putting it on the record. But, you know, there are very few people out here in the world that actually pursue their dreams that aren't afraid to step out into the world and take it by storm. And I definitely feel like she's a person who did that. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce to you Miss Megan Rivers, a news reporter in Washington, D.C. for the CBS affiliate WUSA 9. Well, uh, Rob, thank you so much for this warm introduction. However, comma, um, you must have didn't talk to enough people at Claflin if you didn't hear anything bad about me because I can, I can tell, I can point you in the direction of a few people who I'm certain wouldn't have pleasant things to say, but they don't really matter. They didn't matter then, and they definitely don't matter now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How? are you doing man i'm blessed um you know uh, there's a lot of uh different words to or adjectives i can use to describe my emotions in this current state that we're in Mm -hmm. Uh, but in short i am blessed Uh, when people ask me if i'm okay you know how am i doing my response lately has just been i'm okay uh because that's the truth yeah i'm okay i'm not bad i'm not great i'm okay uh, we're in a tr- uh, weird phase of life. I mean, the word unprecedented, unprecedented is getting on my nerves, but it's true yeah. um, to describe the times that we're in. Uh, so I'm okay. How are you? Um, I don't know. And that's really my answer. Every day is different. One day I'm happy. One day I'm sad. One day I'm feeling rejuvenated and I can tackle the world. The next day I feel defeated. But um, I'm going to steal your answer and definitely say that I'm blessed because I'm thankful for being able to have transitioned, you know, a couple a week ago marked a year that I moved to the Virginia area and just basically reset my life. And a lot of things fell into place for me. And thankfully, all of those things are still in place. So I'm trying not to lose sight of what's going on positive wise in my life and trying to stay focused on that. My podcast is still doing well. I have wonderful people like you telling me yes to my interviews when I've been getting (laughs) no's. You're not one of my no people, but I've been getting a lot of no's and those no's are starting to turn into yeses. So very thankful for that. 
Yeah, you know, it's you know what, Rob, it's okay to um not feel okay about everything that's going on while still recognizing that you're blessed. Because I am thankful to still be gainfully employed during this time uh, because 40 million people filed for unemployment uh, due to losing jobs. And we weren't one of those, you know, we weren't two of those people who had to file. So while I am still thankful for being employment, doesn't mean I don't have bad days. Okay. (laughs) Doesn't mean that job don't get on my nerves sometimes, you know, but, but I'm still thankful for the opportunity uh, and, and the blessing that is employment and, you know, steady income. And, and, you know, it's, it is an honor and a privilege to be able to get up every day and do what I dreamt of doing. I'm glad you said that. So this is a dream of yours. So take me to the beginning. When did you decide that, Hey, I want to be a news reporter. When did this happen? (laughs) So I tell the story often. So it was in high school. I was rebel without a cause. And, uh, I was, I was just, I mean, I mean, just rebellious for absolutely no reason. I had, I had no reason to be acting the way I was acting and, and doing the things that I was doing, but I was. And so, uh, but I was a quiet rebel in, in some senses. So like, if you didn't know me, you didn't know I was rebellious, but if you knew me, you knew how rebellious I was. Uh, and so I, people used to find little things to do to keep me entertained and keep me busy. So I would stay out of my own way. And in doing so, I was uh, joined FBLA, the Future Business Leaders of America. And so I started, you know, competing in public speaking contests and stuff like that. Went to the national level, um, won some awards. It's pretty cool. Uh, probably would have placed higher had I not gotten so arrogant and actually would have practiced. Mm. Um, but I, I had gotten that far with very minimal practice. And so I can continue to, uh, to, to go without practicing. But anywho, long story short. Uh, I started doing the morning announcements and uh, that was like my little project. I was in the yearbook staff and and things like that. And in doing the announcements, I realized that I enjoy talking and I uh, vainly enjoyed hearing myself speak. And so (laughs) uh, I also had always been really interested in science and the weather. Uh, And so I wanted Mm. to be a meteorologist originally. And I wanted to go to Howard University. Uh, They gave gave me $4,000 worth of scholarships. So that, you know, kind of nixed that <laughs> plan real quick. Yeah. It's like, oh, y'all don't really want me to go here, huh? Thank you. Um, and Claflin gave me a full ride. So, boom, I went to Claflin. They, hey. didn't have a, uh, they didn't have a meteorology program. And so I decided to do broadcast journalism and I was going to be a reporter. Uh, so it was in high school where I kind of, you know, discovered what it is that I wanted to do after years of wanting to be everything else. Um, but, yeah. What are some of the other things you're interested in besides being a news reporter? I'm curious I went, now. I wanted to, my first ever thought in life of wanting to be an adult, I wanted to be a, a, a hairstylist, a beautician is what we called it back then. Oh. Um, I have been told I was country for still saying beautician, but whatever. That, um, <laughs> I, yeah, that still rings a bell in my head. Yeah. So I wanted to be a beautician. That was the first thing I wanted to do. I wanted to do hair. Um, and my mom said that, uh, you know, that's a lot of work, you know, for not a, a whole, whole lot of money. But this was before, you know, weaves yeah. took over the world and, you know, you could charge somebody <laughs> hundreds of dollars to, you know, buy hair from you and then hundreds more dollars to install said hair. 
Uh, so yeah, <clears throat> I wanted to do that um, originally, and she didn't kill that dream by any stretch of the imagination. She just wanted me to think about other, you know, things to do. So I've always been kind of like, you know, an argumentative person in the sense where I I like a good debate, and so um, I discovered what attorneys were, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to be that for a while. Uh, I've never really overly enjoyed school though, and so ooh, you sound like me. Finding out, you know, like oh, you have to go to school for how long? Yeah, I'm good. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so that I I nixed myself probably out of that one, <laughs> and yeah, I wanted to be a meteorologist at one point. I wanted to be um, a storm chaser. That was what I really wanted to be. What? Yeah, I wanted to be a storm. You wanted chaser. to chase these crazy behind storms out here. Yeah, I still get a little thrill from storm coverage. Shh, okay. Yeah, it's weird. But, yeah, so I wanted to be a storm chaser. Uh, and so, but, you know, as you get older and you mature, you realize that storms are really dangerous and people, unfortunately, lose so much. Yeah. You know, they lose their homes. They can lose their lives and things like that. So, I mean, storms are not good things. Uh, but I, at one point in life, wanted to be a storm chaser. And so, yeah, all of those different things. And now I really don't know what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> You're there. I mean, I'm, I'm doing this, yeah. but this this isn't it. This can't be it. True. Mm. I wish you wouldn't have said that. <clears throat> I've been having, that thought has been bouncing around in my head lately as well, and I gotta actually rewrite my dream board and make some decisions because I feel you. Like we're very young, <laughs> and a lot of life ahead of us, uh, Lord willing. And yeah, there's a lot that we can do. Like the sky is just. The viewpoint is no longer the limit for us. So, right. Oh, I can't wait to see what you do next. Yeah, whatever that is. Me too. <laughs> Chef. We could be, we could be watching together. <laughs> Chef. What? Um, hmm? No, 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 no. Listen, I follow you. I Them lamb chops. <laughs> if I wasn't I like so cheap. <laughs> I like my lamb chops. I like my oxtails. But I'm not, I'm not a chef by any stretch of the imagination. Now, can I can I drill down in the kitchen a little bit? Sure. You know? I can cook, but chef chefing is not my thing. I don't think I mm. can feed my family and myself. Okay, well, if you can feed that, those are your toughest critics. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they are. I I am a good cook, though. See, I'm just putting it in the universe. Okay, so <laughs> wow, you did a lot. So when you graduated, what did your life look like after that? Life after Claflin? Did you get straight into, you know, being a news reporter or were there some transitional steps? Oh yeah, definitely not. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we had a roundabout journey to get here. And so what happened was I moved to Atlanta shortly after graduation and I was working for Target. Um, I was a uh, assistant store manager. I had a fancy title, executive team leader. Mm of soft lines and guest experiences, which was a fancy way of saying you the manager over the clothes in the front end, the cash <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's all that meant. Yeah. And so I was that for a while. I was a banker at Chase for a while. Hmm. I was a what happened after Chase? I got fired from Chase. What? Yeah, I wired too much money out of somebody's account on accident. And so um <sighs> Actually, it was me and my boss, but she got to keep her job. I got to go. Hmm. They fired me over the phone. It was kind of rude. Oh, that's nasty. You at least you didn't have to waste any gas to go in, but 
But I was like, they gave me two weeks paid before um, they fired me. They suspended me for two weeks, and then they fired me. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm legally supposed to talk about that, but oh well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I signed any papers about it, and I keep telling people this story, so, you know. Anyways, so, yeah, that happened. And then what happened next? And so then I worked at Aldo. I was at MIT there, uh, which was um, a store manager in training. Mm-hmm. Um, I never wanted my own store because I got paid commission as long as I kept the MIT title. Uh-huh. Uh, and then after that, I was a department manager for H&M in Atlanta. And then one day out the blue, I had interned at uh, WLTX in Columbia, South Carolina when I was in college. Uh, the news director there at the time called me and asked me if I wanted to move back home and asked me if I wanted to be a news producer. And oh. I said, sure. I said, sure. And so I moved back to South Carolina and uh, I was a news producer and assignment editor at first. I was a weekend news producer and assignment editor. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I was a morning show producer. And then after that, I produced at 7 p.m. And then after that, I produced 7 in the Saturday, 11 a.m. Then I started reporting one day a week and blah, blah, blah. And here we are. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to ask you some questions about producing because... Okay. I've seen movies where I've kind of seen what a producer does, but I don't know if it's true. So I have zero knowledge. But I want to pause to say, you know, th- these are the reasons why I really commend you and I have a lot of respect and admiration for you. Like, those of you who are listening, did y'all, I hope y'all really, really took that in. Look at her journey. You know what I'm saying? You done had 50 11 jobs, just like me. <laughs> but, you know, you kept hope alive, you kept working. And you got the call and you were ready. And I've been trying to tell people for the longest, like, whatever you're passionate about, whatever it is that you want to do, you have to prepare for the opportunity before the opportunity comes. Because you don't want to be unprepared when that opportunity comes because you're going to mess it up. Or you're going to be too afraid to accept it. Well, it's really a story of faith because what happened was uh, I interviewed at Fifth Third Bank Mm -hmm. during one of my unemployment stints. I've never been unemployed for longer than maybe two weeks to a month. Uh, and so I interviewed at Fifth Third Bank. I turned on the job because they wanted me to work at a bank in a grocery store that stayed open till seven. And who works at a bank to stay to work at seven? Right. <laughs> so um, I turned them down. And when I was working at H&M, that was like job number five, I think, at the time or something like that in Atlanta. And so I didn't understand people who, you know, like at the time, I do now. The ignorant me and, and immature me, I shouldn't say ignorant, but immature me didn't understand how people couldn't find jobs because I kept finding them. Right. But um, when I was working at H&M, when I started working at H&M I, and I realized I didn't like it, I told myself that I wouldn't quit another job to go do something that I didn't want to do. Mm. And so I wouldn't quit or get fired. Those were my words. <laughs> And right. so I uh, started going to church. I found a church. I went to Elizabeth um, Baptist Church in Atlanta on the Cascades out of town. And uh, I went faithfully Wednesday and every Sunday that I could go. Every Wednesday and Sunday that I could go, I went as long as it didn't interfere with work. And I started paying my tithes. Mm. And one day out the blue, Fifth Third called me and was like, hey, we have this job at a branch you know um 8 30 to 5 monday through friday you won't have to work weekends salary plus commission 
Mm. It was a pretty decent salary and all this stuff. And I was just like, yeah, wow, this is so exciting. But no, I'm going to say no, because I made this promise that I wasn't going to quit a job or get fired from a job to go do something I didn't want to do. And I had no desire to be a banker. I'd already been one. That's not my passion at all. And so a week later to the day is when I got the call to ask me if I wanted to move back home. And so it's like being true to your word. Like if you can't keep it real with yourself, who can you keep it real with? So I kept it real with myself Mm. and I didn't get fired and I didn't quit. And I believe that God rewarded me a week later, seven days. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to keep the faith. (laughs) You ain't got to, but I recommend it. Um, (laughs) That is... I think that's important, too. You stay true to yourself. You stay true to your passion. You stay true to your dedication to Christ. And you were definitely rewarded. That's just out of the blue. It's like a miracle, a mini miracle. Miracle. Right. I, I, I'm not going to say mini. But that's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man. Okay. So tell me about what it's like to be a news producer. So what did your job entail? You like on the microphone telling people what to do behind the scenes, like cut, cut. Oh my gosh. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cut, cut. Um, but yeah, no, it's you build the show. So I, I wrote what the anchors read. So the reporters they write their oh. own stories, uh, but the anchors we write for them, so to speak. I mean, they go through and they tweet things and they add things here and there. But the, we build the show. We choose what stories. It's actually one of the most powerful positions when you really think about it. Because you control, depending on how long your show is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I was like doing the seven, I can remember those times. It was like a 14 minutes worth of content I had to fill. And so for 14 minutes, I chose what the people of the Midlands watched. Wow. You know, I chose the stories that went in there. I wrote the content. I chose the sound bites and things like that. And so... Uh, yeah, and then you go in the booth during the show, and I'm telling Jr. to like, oh, rap, stop talking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> toss the gym, you know, for the weatherman, you know, and then all right, after when we come out of weather, we're going to, to commercial break, you know, that was all me, uh, and so yeah, that's what producing is. You build the show, you write the show, uh, and you make sure that it's it's a production every day. A lot of times, producing can become tedious and sometimes people just spill time mm-hmm. but it's but it's a masterpiece it's a work of art it could be a work of art every day if you make it one. Ooh, i like that i like that okay yeah. so you did that clearly you were successful because of where you are now so um where'd you transition to after that so after i left columbia i went to charleston i was in charleston for three years Baby. and i was a morning reporter and then a night side reporter and then I was the morning traffic anchor. Oof. And yeah. with you had a lot to do. Yeah, and with that became um, anchoring opportunities came from that shift. And so I would I was a fill-in anchor and a fill-in host on Low Country Live uh, when I went back to mornings to do traffic. So um, I'm not going to ask you about where you are now yet. So out of Columbia and Charleston, which did you like better and why? Oh, Charleston, hands down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not a huge fan of Columbia. Me either. It's a weird little town in the middle of the state, and it's hot. Uh, And, you know, everybody says, oh, Charleston has so much history. You know, a really racist one, so... 
I wasn't really into that part of it. Right. Um, I, so I understood it and I, you know, obviously had to educate myself on a lot of it while living there and reporting there. Uh, but it's a very painful history. But the food, Greg, God Almighty. I mean, when I thought about leaving Charleston, I was like, where can I go and live that has food remotely as good as Charleston? That was my number one concern. Yo, you better t- listen. I used to, y'all, if y'all don't, if you don't follow me, complete underscore vision, go to my Instagram. It's in the description. You should be following me if you're listening. Look at some of the food that I posted. Uh, yeah, Charleston definitely has had the best food hands down I've ever had in my life from just the restaurants and just even just family home cooked food I miss. So I, I feel yeah. you on that. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, hands down the best food. And I had a friend when I lived in Charleston who was a chef or who oh. is a chef. And she expanded my palate. So she's the one she's the one who actually introduced me to lamb chops. I don't know that I had ever had them prior to I may have had them, but I wasn't really into them that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she had a restaurant. I used to eat there like religiously. I was and I was a paying customer, by the way. Um, but I ate there multiple times a week. I would just and like she would make little special dishes. And I was a, a test dummy, too. I think it's sometimes like a guinea pig. Like, hey, mm-hmm. try this and see what it, if this is good. If I should add this to the menu. So I attribute a lot of my uh, eating and what I eat now to her. And the, even the way I cook, you know, and just how I prepare my food, because, you know, I'm from a Southern black family where we overcooked every vegetable we ever ate. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so I was in my late 20s when I learned that, oh, your vegetables are supposed to be crunchy. You know what I'm saying? Huh? <laughs> I like my mushy, though. Yeah, we've been cooking the nutrients out of the vegetables my entire life. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so this is why I don't like squash, because my daddy overcooked it forever and ever, but no. Um, And so, yeah, just, you know, Charleston's food is some of, and I've been, you know, a lot of places around the world, and still Charleston has some of the best food I've ever had. Wow. Uh, And so. In the world. Yeah. Yeah, the places (laughs) I've been. uh, Yeah, Yeah. like, I, I, I can think of few places i had the best steak i've ever had in my life i can't remember the name of the restaurant was in san diego california mm-hmm. but hall's chop house is a close second and i'm not plugging them right now but uh but it's they're fine. they're 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 a close second you know yeah. uh and and there's some restaurants you know on, there's a restaurant on broad street i'm stop calling out names um but there's a restaurant on broad street that has the best oyster rockefeller you'll ever eat and yeah mm-hmm. i mean i'll go there and order a dozen and they're like 325 you know an oyster <laughs> and so <laughs> I, you know i'm like whoa i just spent how much on oysters but they're so good you know yep. the soft shell crab season you know in charleston is amazing because they only do them when they're fresh they don't do frozen soft shell crabs and the first time i ever had one of those was living in charleston and i was hooked i think i ate one every day while they were in season uh, I, spent, I spent a lot of money on food living in Charleston. But yeah, Charleston, hands down. And the beaches there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Multiple so, beaches, yep. Yeah, so it's cool. I like Charleston. I love Charleston. I do too, man. Um, you, you have to pay me a lot of money to move back to Columbia. <laughs> for real. It was totally... Yeah. The only thing that made it easy for me to transition out of Charleston was the fact that I, my mom's side of the family's from there. So I spent over half of my life there already so i experienced the majority of it and it was just time for me to go but it's definitely on my retirement list um 
Yeah, that food. Oh my goodness. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Nigel's. I miss y'all. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Oof. Okay. Nana's. Uh, yo. Mm, never mind. I can't say that because people might um stop following me. I owe them a visit though. Um. <laughs> yeah. Nothing bad to say about that place. I owe them a visit though. I didn't. I didn't go there like I should have. As frequently as I should have. And their food looks so good on their Instagram. Oh, my mm, goodness. Mm. You used to stay there, too. I, I seen Yes, you. I was a regular. <laughs> I used to be jealous, yo. Like, you're, um, those styrofoam plates they put your food in, yo, yours were always busted open. Like, you couldn't even close them. Those were my people. So, I used to, like, order so much food from there. And so, like, when my sister and brother-in-law and niece and nephew and family moved to Charleston, uh, we would get like huge trays, and then like my girls and I, we would eat there like every other Friday, and so they just used to hook us up because we were regulars, you know. Mm, like mm-hmm. they knew we were kind of we were coming to get a you know a crap ton of food. Oh my goodness! So you chose Washington D.C. I have to go on the food um, missions because where I'm at now, I'm struggling, I'm suffering. I'm not gonna lie. Um, Bad. I, I guess I got to go to Maryland or closer to where you are to find it. I did get a, a Caribbean spot. I just saw someone eating there. He said it was good. It's like 40 minutes away. I will travel for food, y'all, let me tell you. So uh-huh. what? Um, so, how did this opportunity come about for you to transition to Washington, D.C.? Uh, so I went to a conference, the National um, Association of Black Journalists Conference, last August. And I went with one of my friends just to make sure that she knew how to navigate it. It was her first time going, and it could be somewhat overwhelming because it's a huge career fair. There's so many courses and classes and seminars that you can attend. And so it can be overwhelming if you've never been before. And I know that she was looking for a job, so I wanted her to, you know, know how to navigate, you know, the 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 experience. Mm-hmm. And so I went with her, but I got my stuff my stuff together, too, just in case. So I went to the career fair, had a couple meetings, and I just so happened to sit down with a station in D.C. I didn't plan on it, and uh, uh, the person I sat down with, she was kind of cold, and I didn't think she was really that into me, and I didn't expect to ever hear from her again. And I did when I got back <laughs> to Charleston. <laughs> she sent me an email, and she said, hey, we have this position open. Let me know if you apply for it. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> mm. uh, and so then... You know, bing, bam, boom, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I saw that and I messaged you, I was like, yo, you going to need a coat, get your winter clothes up, because winter up here, from what everyone told me, was crazy. This past winter wasn't bad. At all. At all. I'm mm-hmm. like, I've seen worse in South Carolina, and everyone was, like, freaking out because they were like, we don't know what's going on. Like, it's usually so bad and we miss such and such days of work and school and i'm like expecting like a month of snow days i love snow i love the cold weather yeah it didn't happen didn't happen not mad either (laughs) i'm not gonna (laughs) lie not mad either um yeah so how are you settling in so i bought coats once i moved here and (laughs) (laughs) good and uh it's cool you know i guess i haven't really had a chance to experience much and Same. so I don't I don't know how I really feel about living up here because, you know, I have friends and some relatives in the area 
and they uh, always said, uh, we'll do this when it gets warm. We'll do that when it gets warm. Well, it's warm. <laughs> yes. Yes. And there is a crab festival. It's probably, it's probably canceled, but I know it's in Maryland. Um, you know, I'm going to hook you up and send you this food stuff, and my cousin sends me food stuff. But we're in the same boat. Like, though I've been here a year, I was working so much and transitioning and getting my own place that I did not have a chance to go out and discover. And I was so looking forward to doing it this summer. But I'm still apprehensive because of COVID-19. So I'm like, right. eh, I want to live. So my adventures can wait for now. But... um definitely want to see what the city has to offer. There's a lot of rich history here as well. Um, I want to explore more Virginia, more D.C., Maryland as well. But do you have anything that you're truly looking forward to in the area? Uh, I'm just kind of looking forward to exploring more. I don't know what I don't know about the area. Right. And so I just kind of want things whatever our new normal is going to be i want that to go ahead go ahead and get to that you know so i can get out and about and go try some more i uh, went to lunch with a clapper night today and we we have our this black owned list and so we're trying to support black businesses oh okay that's dope and so we went to district soul food today the food was phenomenal Hold on, let me write that down. <clears throat> Go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the list too. Oh, yes. And so what we do is we, you know, call the places and see, you know, whether, you know, what kind of dining they have. Is it takeout only? Is it, you know, you're seating people? What's the setup? Right. And and so we tried a place today and it was it was really good. Uh, I had a red snapper and I assumed I just assumed it was going to be fried, but it mm. wasn't. It was broiled and it was still really good. Oh my gosh. And they serve it on a bed of mashed potatoes with some asparagus. Mm. And then I had a side of macaroni, and then they do these crab fries, and so what? The, yeah, so it's just re- literally some fries with some crab thrown on top and some sauce. I thought it was gonna be like crab, you know, wrapped up some kind of way, and mm-hmm. then like created into a fry, but it was really good. <laughs> and they had this cornbread that tastes like cake. And oh, so, I gotta go. Yeah, it was it was really good, and so I'm just looking forward to being able to go out and explore. Uh, the DC that once existed, I don't think it will ever exist again, at least not in the near future. Yeah. And so I'm kind of saddened by that. Uh, but I also don't think we will have the spike in coronavirus, coronavirus cases like how South Carolina has because yeah. we aren't going back full force to normal. So. Yeah, we aren't. We we definitely aren't. And I, you know, going to keep praying for our South Carolina brethren for sure. Yeah. And prayerfully, yeah, we don't have those spikes. So I only got a couple more questions for you, and I'm going to let you go. So now that you've transitioned, your new position, I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like you're much more visible now. Like, I see you working a lot more and in the streets a lot more. Am I wrong? Like, is your, how, how different is this position from the one that you had in Charleston? So when I was a reporter in Charleston, I was doing the same thing. Uh, when I s- switched to traffic, I became, I was in studio. So I, I didn't go out in the community and tell day-to-day stories in that way. Mm-hmm. And so that's just the difference in it. And I think when I was in Charleston, I just probably didn't post my work initially as much. And so now it's just easier for me. I have easy access to be able to, you know, clip my stuff and post it really easily. And so that's why you probably see more stuff, but Mm -hmm. I I did a lot of good reporting in my opinion. (laughs) Um, 
when I was in Charleston, I was nominated for an Emmy uh, for some of my work in Charleston. I remember that. And so, yeah, I did. I did a lot of stuff. I, I traveled with the Navy uh, mm-hmm. one time, and I am in this rare population of people, Rob, who have flown onto an aircraft carrier. What? Most people who are in the Navy never get to do that. But I am in this weird, less than 1% of the population who have done that. Yep, I did. Wow. Okay. (laughs) We flew onto the USS Harry S. Truman uh, ship, and we were sailors for a day, and it was pretty cool experience to... Uh, I went there to interview some guys from Charleston Mm -hmm. and young men from Charleston. And it was a pretty cool experience to be able to do that, uh, to, you know, get to uh, see what it's like to live on a ship. I don't know how people are in the Navy. Couldn't do it. Uh, So, yeah, so I've I've had some pretty cool experience. I've covered hurricanes. I've covered snowstorms. After Hurricane Maria, I went to Puerto Rico after Hurricane Harvey, we traveled with the Air Force and went to drop off supplies and medical professionals uh, to the area. So we traveled literally all around the, uh, I guess, the Midwest and East Coast with the Air Force for a day. It was like 24 hours, literally. Like we went everywhere mm. in a matter of hours. And so I went to Florida after Hurricane Michael and reported on the aftermath there so yeah i'd be in these streets or whatever <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know i i didn't know you you were so well traveled and that your career was taking you to all those places that is magnificent um i definitely expect you to write a book one day because <laughs> yeah that's very rare um wow you just blew my mind, and you answered one of my questions that I don't have to ask now. Uh, that's a very you gave some interesting stories there. Sheesh. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So now I, I now I can kind of see why it's gonna be hard for you to think about what's next, because <laughs> it's like, what haven't you really done? You know, there's some things I'm sure I haven't done. I the the beauty of life is you don't know what you don't know, and so you just gotta keep on living to find out what you don't know. And discover what you don't know. So uh, the work has afforded me opportunities to, you know, do different things, see different things. I'm so thankful for people because people literally talk to me during the worst times of their lives sometimes Mm -hmm. about the things that are most traumatic and the most heartbreaking to them. And so to get them to to trust me, for one, is is a huge um, honor and privilege that they entrust me with their stories, you know. Like, I can't imagine if I just lost a loved one, a child or a brother or a sister or a mother or a father, if I would want a reporter in my face. Right. You know, and and people will talk to me and I am forever thankful to everyone who has helped uh, mold my career and shape my career and made me a storyteller. Because uh, without them, I am nothing. Without people, I don't have stories to tell. So, yeah, work has been pretty cool. But, you know, I like to travel personally, you know, not just with work. I like to, you know, catch flights and feelings. Um, (laughs) I like to catch I like to catch feelings while I'm on the flight sometimes. It's whatever. Um, It's a whole big world out here, Chad. I want to see it. Well, 
You're seeing it. You're seeing more than me. I've been to Jamaica. That's it. You know, I was supposed to go to Jamaica in March. I try to take one big trip a year. Yeah. And uh, I said I wasn't going to do anything like where I had to like fly over the ocean or something. So I was just going to go to Jamaica this year and had it all planned out. It was less than a thousand dollars and I was really excited about it. And then coronavirus happened. And I'm just like, really? Really? (laughs) I'm sorry. I got to go back. But yeah, you'll love it there. Oh, you're going to love it. I didn't want to leave. Uh, but you know, bills, job, life, that stuff. You know, that whole life that you have here in the States. I, I really wanted, I really wanted to go to, um, you know, Jamaica this year and and have, you know, a shorter and less expensive vacation than I typically have. And, uh, I had budgeted and planned it really well. Mm. I never do that. And so I'm like really annoyed. (laughs) Good practice. (laughs) that it didn't happen, you know? Well, you'll get there. And I can't wait to see the pictures and I can't wait to hear all about it when we have our part two interview because I'm definitely going to keep track of you, keep in touch. We're definitely going to hang out when it's safe. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I can't wait to see what you achieve in the future. And I'm going to leave you with one last question. I ask this to everyone. So... For the person that's listening that's thinking about um, becoming a news reporter and pursuing a career in, you know, the I would consider you in the journalist field. I hope that's okay. Yeah. Um, what words of wisdom do you have for them? I'll just keep trying. Don't let anybody tell you no. So man's no is not God's no which sounds, you know, very cliche, right? Mm-hmm. But it's so true. Uh, words that my dad always told me were, you know, keep living, baby. That's what, that's what he always told me about a lot of different situations, you know, to keep living, baby. And it's the, it's, it's the truth. You just have to keep living. You have to keep trying. You have to do the work, you know. But I, I've been told no numerous times. I I was told that I was difficult to work with. What? Not you. Oh, uh, yeah. That's one of them people was talking about at the beginning that don't matter. Go ahead. Yeah, but Rob, I had some, no, they, they matter to a certain extent. I had to grow up. I had a lot of growing up to do. I was immature in a lot of ways. I was very headstrong, and, and, and I didn't listen well, which are all horrible qualities of being a journalist. You if you don't listen, True. you have to listen. And so I wasn't, I didn't care. At one point, relationships didn't matter to me. I used to say this very ignorantly that um, I don't burn bridges. I blow them things up. Oh, father. Yeah. <laughs> that was the dumbest thing I ever said. And I said it so boldly and proudly as if it made any sense. And it didn't. It didn't make a lick of sense. It was the dumbest thing I've literally ever uttered. And so... That and a couple people I told them that I loved. But anywho, um, so, uh, yeah, so I realized, you know, that that was insane and that relationships do, in fact, matter. This business is very small. The degrees of separation, especially if you're black, it gets even smaller. Yeah. Uh, if you're black, you're, you went to an HBCU and you're Greek. Oh, my God. It, the world gets so small very quickly. And I've lived in a few different cities. And so, you know, I, the, the world, my professional world is very small. 
And so relationships 100% matter. So make sure that you keep that in mind that relationships matter. Uh, you don't get into this profession because you want to be famous. And I say that now as mm -hmm. a person who wanted to be famous, right? right. I wanted, I wanted people to know my name. I wanted people to, at you know, it wasn't about, I didn't care necessarily as much as I should have about the storytelling aspect of it. And then one day, I'll never forget the moment that it clicked and that it was like, hey, this isn't about you at all. Oh, okay. My job is to be a voice to the voiceless. My job is to hopefully impact change. My job is to make sure that all sides of a story are told. And so once I realized the importance of what I was doing and the impact that it could have on a person's life or this world, then my everything started to kind of just flourish for me. And don't get me wrong, I have really horrible days. I have challenging times. And some days I don't know if I'm doing if I'm doing it right. I don't know if I'm coming or if I'm going. And so I, I don't want to make it seem like it's um you know a cakewalk because it's not. It's our job to make it look easy and entertaining, right? Right. And but you gotta do the work. So if you're if you're getting into this to because you want people to know your name being a journalist, a TV journalist, I don't think is the profession for you. I think you should find something else to do. But if you really want to be able to use your writing abilities to craft beautiful stories and to change the world, one both side at a time, as I like to say, mm -hmm. then this is the profession for you. So you have to look deep within yourself and figure out what it is that you want. Now, when you do the work, all the fame and all the glory will come along. It will come. It's inevitable. But if you are going into this with the mindset of, I want people to know my name, then in my opinion, you're going into it for all the wrong reasons. And you may find yourself very disappointed because you're not satisfied or it's not what you want. Or, you know, we live in this social media society right now where everyone's so obsessed. And it's easy for me to say because I do get a lot of engagement on social media, right? Right. It probably has a lot to do with what I do for a living, right? If I wasn't on a news reporter, people probably wouldn't care about my Instagram page or they wouldn't care about my... I wouldn't even have two Facebook pages if I didn't have... <laughs> if I didn't work in news. And, and that's the reality of it. Uh, but, you know, we live in this society where people, you know, care so much about Instagram. But honestly, I don't make any money for Instagram and, and I don't want to make any money from Instagram, so to speak. And... Right if the lights stop, I'm still good at my job. Mm. If the engagement goes away, I still have a fulfilled life. Mm. And so I don't want people to get too caught up in wanting to have this social media status or this social media look, uh, because it, all of that at the end of the day does not really matter. So that's why I try to, I don't, you know, you watch my Insta stories in the morning right. and stuff. I try to keep it as real as I can. You, you do. see me on the, in my do-rag. <laughs> and especially when I was in Charleston, you know, Tahara and I would be on there every morning in my do-rag right before the 4.30 started. And I would always say every single morning as we approached the 4.30 half hour, we would have a little praise and worship in my do-rag every single morning and that was our thing you know because that's being authentic yep you know it, it helps so much that's what draws people to you because so many people 
Um, and I shouldn't even say so many people. I'm going to talk about me. I'm not going to talk about other people because I don't know why other people do the things they do. But I can think of, of times where I tried to keep up this appearance or this facade of what, facade of what my life was like. Mm-hmm. And then I just decided one day, you know what? Being me works and it's enough. And so I decided to do that. So people should discover who they are and be that. And whatever it is that you want from a career in journalism will come. To the college student who may listen to this, make sure you get internship after internship and do not wait till the semester of to apply for said internship. You have to apply the semester before. Get a good resume tape. Learn how to shoot, write, and edit that makes you so much more marketable. And especially because in this climate, uh, you do have to do all of that at some point. And I, uh, if you don't like writing, I don't understand how you could be successful in news because what we do is write for a living. We write every day. And so you have to you know, really hone in on your writing skills and read books so you can have a vocabulary. I think that's why music is so trash today is because people don't read and they don't know words. You better so say it. And so that's why they make sounds and they make, you know, they'll say one word and then they'll make a sound that rhymes with said word. And it's just like, me goes, what are you talking about? (laughs) Um, But I'm going off on a tangent, so forgive me, but you're good. I just want to make sure, you know, this, this gets out, but yeah, like to the college student, intern, read, write, shoot, edit, learn how to do it all because I can. And one day I'm going to be old and you are going to come take my job and you need to know how to do my job. And so uh, I think it's really important to make sure that, you know, we as young African-American professionals, that as we climb the ladder, we send it back down as we're climbing. And most people think that you have to climb it and then send it back down, but you don't. You can send it back down as you're still climbing. So as I learn, I share. Nothing I learned is so G14 classified that I have to keep it to myself (laughs) or that I I think that you have to go through the hardships that I went through to learn the lesson. Right. No, that's foolishness. So as I learn and evolve and grow, I share and I don't charge people for information that I can give you for free. Uh, We we live in this hustle movement, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Talk everybody about it. Hustle. I ain't got no hustle, man. I go to work. My paycheck be all right. And, you know, we good. And I, if I could find ways to make more money, sure, I would love to. But if I can share some information or if I can teach you or the next person something for free, for free, that's going to help you. Man, I'm already blessed. I don't need the coin for it. I'm already blessed. God's going to take care of me. He, he He's never... He's never failed me before, and I don't think he's going to start anytime soon. So, you know, make sure that you know, I, I want people and I want our people and especially, you know, people who are journalists and who may listen to this or PR professionals, you know, who may be trying to help people, you know, get put on. Just make sure as you learn, you share and share it for free. You don't have to sell every piece of information that you know. Uh, you don't have to harbor um, and hold on to those things. You can you can share freely. So. Do the work, learn the jobs, understand the different jobs. There's so many different jobs within news besides just being a producer or a reporter or an anchor or a traffic anchor. Um, There's so many different jobs within a newsroom that people don't even know about. So visit stations, ask to shadow people, ask them, can you come see what they do for a day and ask to take a, a, a tour of a station so you can understand 
uh, what's going on. Um, but yeah, that would be, I hope I answered the question. I know I gave a lot of, you know, tidbits there, but yeah, just make sure that you try to have a good understanding of who you are and what it is that you want to do and what you want your legacy to be. Wow. All of that was necessary. All of that was needed. And <laughs> I mean, I thought you had more questions than Rob. Don't be, you, don't, this the end of it? This the end? This, this, well, I saw something that I have to bring up now because I don't want to get fussed at, but I'm going to bring it up. But I, I do want to say, what, that's what I'm looking for when I interview people. Exactly mm -hmm. what you just said. Give these people everything. That's why I do this. I know that someone out there is listening and you just gave them what they needed to get up off their behind and do what they need to do. Because that's what happened to me when I listened to other people's interviews and stuff like that. That's why we do this. And that was a wake-up call for me. Uh, when I listen back to this, I'm going to have to take some notes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. You you just became ten times more amazing to me. Wow. Well, thank you. Um. Okay, so, all right, the last thing. Um the last last thing i know my people are like rob you already said that shut up <laughs> your greatest influence you said your mama because she's the bomb so <laughs> she's not yeah, the bomb no. that you used to use to blow up the bridges was she <laughs> no, 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 no. all right i'm kidding <laughs> jokes jokes so tell us about how your mom is the bomb so my mom and i have very similar personalities and actually, I'm going to read something to you that someone just posted about my mom and some other ladies, right? Okay. Uh, let me see if I can pull it back up really quickly. Stand by. Not a problem. By the way, y'all can follow her on Instagram, Megan the Woman. That's You're me. Verified. <laughs> Oh, hush. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring that up because somebody was hating. Um, she's verified, so you'll know it's her. Um, y'all enjoy it. Y'all enjoy it. I love watching her story. Um, like she said, she's so authentic. That's why I watch, actually, and keep up with it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a picture of a family friend, Melanie, uh, my childhood superintendent, Dr. Rose Hilliard Wilder, my elementary principal, Dr. Gwendolyn Harris, and my middle school principal, Dr. Um, Helena um, Abarime. And on the end of the picture is my mom. And Melanie, who posted the picture, she said, I can't say enough about the ladies in the picture or the time I spent working with them. They did and do so much for children and education in our state. I learned a great deal and still appreciate their support, advice, and love. I thank God for letting our paths cross wish I appreciated the time more. And uh, to see my mom be in this group of uh, pictures with amazing black women, all black women, and to see someone else speak about her in that way, uh, really just reminded me how amazing my mommy is. Uh, I still call her mommy. That's her name. Don't wear it out. And <laughs> so uh, she's, she's, that's my dog, man. That's my girl. We, I can sit on the phone with my mom for hours and breathe, mm -hmm. just breathe. That's beautiful. I, no words. And then the next topic just rolls around. 
I especially love going down memory lane and listening to her tell stories about the family or go down the family tree so I can know how we're related to this person and well, what was it like growing up with that person. And I especially love when she tells stories that she wasn't there for it like she was there. <laughs> I was like, so were you there? Like, there's this one story she was telling me a few weeks ago, and it involves somebody slapping somebody. Oh, no. And she tells it so well, right? <laughs> and she wasn't there. But it's the best story ever. Um, she has the play-by-play down pat. But uh, So she's <laughs> always been a person who has challenged me, and I've challenged her, uh, She's. I've challenged her probably like her patience, her sanity, and things like that. And she's always challenged me <laughs> to uh, be better. Right. And so I have an older sister who is the first and only medical doctor in my entire family. Wow. On all sides, like mom side, dad side. That's awesome. And so yeah, thanks. And super proud of her. So when my sister graduated from high school, she was valedictorian of her class. And she had over a million dollars worth of academic scholarships. Sheesh. And she had full rides to schools all across the nation. Mm. And she was on all the news that you could think of, all the news stations around the Midlands. And she was in Ebony Magazine. What? And yeah. So that's my big sister, right? Right. So it's like, well, how you come behind that, you know? <laughs> yeah. How you come behind that? Like, mess up a little bit, please, you know? Can we get a B? Um, <laughs> and so, and uh, she didn't. She set the bar very high. Not like with the intentions of trying to, you know, make sure she set it high for me to come behind her, but that's just who she is. Right. Uh, and so she had this level of excellence just instilled within herself. So I remember my mom telling me, you know, you don't want to be the person who's always talking about what my sister has. Mm. Oh, my sister does this, and my sister does that, and my sister does mm. this, and you know she, yeah, my sister, you know she got blah blah blah. She's like, well, you gotta have your own. And that's parenting. So, that is, ooh, your your mama was parenting. Mm. Yeah. So that was the best thing she ever told me because it made me really focus on me, and I'm super proud of my sister. Like, we'll brag about her until I'm blue in the face. Uh, because I and and it's, and it's not bragging in the sense of like in a condescending way, but just like man, I'm so proud of you, baby girl. And and now she's you know she's married. She has two beautiful children, and you know it's just I I look up to her so much. But I look up to my mom um, because she always t- told me and made sure that I focused on making sure I had something too. And my sister and I are night and day when it comes to personality. She's way more reserved than I am. And the older I get, the more we become similar in, in the things that I become very extremely private about. Mm-hmm. But she, um, my mom just always made sure that I looked out for me. She taught me how to look out for me. And she molded me into a strong woman. I've learned from her mistakes and she's tried to make sure I don't repeat her mistakes. And so I appreciate that because that's where I think I, you know, get the mentality of, you know, as I learn, I share because as she learns, she's always shared with us. And so she, she's made some mistakes, you know, throughout her, you know, the course of her life, professionally, personally, whatever. And she always tried to make sure we didn't do the same thing. 
you know? Yeah. And so I have some, you know, personality flaws, I guess, that one may say. And uh, some of them are, I think, hereditary. And so she's always pointed them out like, hey, you can't be that way just because the rest of us have been this way. Right. It stops. It stops with you. Wow. Yeah. I, I just, your mom did something so important because I hate, you know, you see it in movies all the time. You have the one super duper successful sibling and all the other siblings resent them and they just feel like they have to live up to them. And it just creates this huge, disgusting, ugly conflict and their relationship is just ruined forever. And your mom protected y'all from that because it should be exactly the way you said, like you should be bragging, you should look up to them and you should still be going for what's for you. You know what I'm saying? Wow. My sister is like my best friend, like in the whole wide world. And I talk to her multiple times every day. I talk to my niece and my niece. My niece likes to hang up on me. She likes to FaceTime me <laughs> just so she can hang up. She's, she's two and a half, so we, we let her do it. And and then sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm petty. So I hang up before she can hang up, and then she calls back. <laughs> and she's like, no, you don't hang up. I'm going to hang up on you. Oh, I'm like, okay, little girl. And so... <laughs> uh, <laughs> So she 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 does that, but my sister is 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 my best friend. There's nobody walking this earth surface I love more than her. Aww. Love my parents, but my sister comes first, and that's just the way how we were taught. Uh, my sister comes first, so because when they're gone, hopefully she'll still be here, right. and yeah. it'll just be the two of us. And like I can't imagine having a sour relationship with her. I can't imagine not being close. I can't imagine not talking to her. Now we, we, we fuss, you know, like any siblings do, of we, course. you know, get mad about something. And as, as we like to call it, we bust up, you know, cause that's <laughs> yeah. what my, grand, my granddaddy used to say, I'm bust up with you right now. And, but I don't ever go to bed or in the day without making up. I try to make up with her. You know, if we fall out about something, which is usually nothing ever, any, never anything serious. But yeah, my mom, you know, and my dad uh, made sure that we had a very solid relationship. And that's my girl, man. Oh my God. That, I've never heard anyone talk about a sibling like this before, ever. <laughs> Usually it's just like, they all right. Like, it's like nobody ever <laughs> wants to get into the sibling relationship, but it seems like your parents know the secret. <laughs> yeah, they they knew the secret, um, and 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 they continue to make sure that we we act in that way, that we remain extremely close. And like it, it even got to a point at one point, like I went and talked to my parents every day, mm-hmm. or my mom or my dad, and my I was like, well, I talked to Jessica. I thought that was enough, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I spent my whole day talking to her, so that's why I don't I didn't get to call you. I'm sorry. You know? Oh my but goodness. It's my girl. There has to be enough Megan to go around. Yeah. Megan, thank you so, 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 so much for joining me. This has been an experience of a lifetime for me. I mean that. I'm not I'm not putting sauce on your interview. Like <laughs> I needed these words. Our listeners needed these words. And I hope y'all get something from this. I hope y'all um learn from this listen again take some notes the second time okay the second time can i add one more thing sure 
So uh, it's going to have to be like a couple of more things. So another thing I, I wanted to say is that I always wanted to run away from home, right? So I was born in Michigan. Wait, wait, what? I'm Hold on, yo. Stay with me. Stay okay. with me. Okay. Enjoy the ride. Okay. So I always wanted to run away from home. I was born in Michigan. We moved to South Carolina when I was turning eight. And I was like, it was a culture shock for me. I never seen many black people in all my life. Only time I saw black people was at church. Yeah, in the hair salon. And so uh, when we moved to South Carolina, I hated it. It was so backwards. I didn't understand why people say, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. I wasn't saying it. Always got in trouble for not saying it. I just thought it was just so horrible. And I just knew there was more and better out there. Right? Right. Uh, all my dreams came true at home. Sometimes we don't look at what we have in our hometowns. We don't look at we don't look and recognize the gem of a town that we live in. So I was living in Atlanta. I was actually I was actually one of the people who lived in Atlanta for real. Like my address was Atlanta. I didn't live in like Smyrna, Dunwoody, or anything. You know? I lived in Atlanta. The outskirts. Um, so I didn't live in Stone Mountain. You know, Fayetteville. No, I lived in Atlanta. I lived downtown Atlanta, and or Midtown Atlanta. And um, I didn't want to leave. Right. Mm -hmm. But my dreams weren't coming true there. And so I wanted I, I thought that if I went back home, I was going to look like a failure. Oh. Like, oh, man, she had to leave Atlanta. So. And when I moved home, when I moved back to South Carolina, I moved home, like in with my parents. I was their roommate. Um, <laughs> OK, Ain't nothing wrong with yeah. that. I didn't pay bills, but the agreement was like I was grown and um, you can't ask me where I'm going and where I'm um, when I'm coming back. <laughs> I'll let you know. Because I have been gone. I have been gone for like seven years. And so it was like, I can't come back to rules, bro. Like I ain't had rules in a long time. So, <laughs> My mom wouldn't have let that fly, but go ahead. Yeah, no, nah, we, we couldn't. We couldn't. We couldn't have rules. I was I was about to turn 25 at the time. Yeah. And I was like, I had been living on my own in a big city. And so I was like, I can't come back. I was always respectful, but then they used to really, they used to really roommate me because, like, they would cook and not have my name in the pot. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, so y'all so don't love me, huh? Okay, this is what we doing. But um, so, anyways, uh, when I came home, it was actually really good for me, you know. And so, had I stayed in South Carolina, my dreams could may have come true sooner. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I ended up working at this ferry station that I interned at. And if I would have focused on that instead of trying to, you know, navigate my way as far away from South Carolina. And I only got to Atlanta as far away from South Carolina as I could. Then, you know, who knows what would have happened, you know, sooner than later. And so, yeah, don't don't run. Be so quick to run away from home. Now, I will say this. Once you. I, I'm no longer at home, obviously. Mm -hmm. I don't live in South Carolina, but I've worked in the two markets closest to my home. I worked in Columbia and I worked in Charleston. And so, like, my first TV job was covering the area that I lived in. <laughs> my county, <laughs> Clarendon County, was in their viewing area. And then Clarendon County, parts of it could pick up Charleston News as well. So I think that oftentimes we, we just look so down on where we're from that we can't uh, see the goodness that it creates and produces and so pay attention to where you are and appreciate where you're from and just know that some of your dreams if not all of them could possibly come true right where you are 
if you water it, you know, you got to water that seed. Yep. Um, and then the second thing I was going to say is that when you do have opportunities though, to move and experience other places, take, take, take those opportunities as well. If they, if they're worth it, you know, because you do need to see how other cities function, function, other cities function and how other towns can function and how things go there. And so, yeah, you need those experiences as well. So if you have a good opportunity and it makes sense and you're not going to be struggling to move. But don't move to a city just to say that you moved out of South Carolina. Right. Don't move to just, you know, to Atlanta just because you think all your dreams are going to come true there because they're not. Atlanta's a weird place. And so <laughs> I've heard, you know, and so don't move to D.C. just because you want to, you know, live in the area. But then you have to live so far out because you can't afford to live anywhere remotely close to the city. You know what I mean? Make it make sense. Make your moves make sense. And don't move without God. And the last thing I'm going to say is if you get opportunities to travel the world, travel. There's a whole big, beautiful world out there. There's so much to see, so many different cultures to immerse yourself in and to get an understanding about. And so travel if you can, when you can. Uh, you know, clubs will always be there. Oh, Clothes and shoes yes. will always be there. Yes. But... Like right now we can't go anywhere and I still am holding on to the memories of places I've been, you know, right. And, and I'm, and I'm grateful for those experiences, um, being able to travel and see what else is out there. So that's it. <laughs> I, <laughs> you left me speechless i needed that too thank you for adding that in there you dang i was as you were talking about home and dreams coming true and watering it that's that's real talk man um you did something that i wish i'd done years ago but i'm gonna start doing now for the sake of other people, I spent a lot of my life trying to please and make sure everyone else is happy. And I put my dreams and my goals and what I wanted to do aside because I fit so well with someone else or what with what they were doing that I'm like, maybe this is where I'm supposed to be. And I had to come to realize that I'm attaching myself to other people's dreams and goals and aspirations and not even looking at my own. And once I did that, my whole mentality changed, everything changed for me. Um, a lot of who I am and what I am is because of where I'm from. You know, Spartanburg, South Carolina, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Charleston, South Carolina. This created this guy, started my podcast in South Carolina, started my career in education in South Carolina, started my career in real estate in South Carolina and learned so, so much. And taking my interactions and relationships with people and my connections and using that to take the next step in my life instead of just immediately running away. Now, I knew when my time was up, though, because I'm like, I think I've outgrown this place, but I'm not going to hate on the place. I don't hate South Carolina, but I was like, okay, it's time for me to get out and do this somewhere else. Let me see what else is out there. And like you said, it had to make sense. My move definitely made sense. <laughs> like <laughs> I was like, "What? Y'all gonna give me what? I'm out." Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I, wow. I'm. You just stunned me with what you just said. Oh my goodness. You definitely need to write a book. Seriously. Um, you might need a podcast. Okay, I'm not even gonna start. 
Oh my. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll see what's next for the kid. Yeah. So once again, Megan Rivers, thank you so 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 much for joining me, um, and thank you for your words of wisdom. You've definitely if. <laughs> You've touched at least one life, and that's mine. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, you gave me some stuff to really think about tonight. As for our listeners, thank you once again for listening. I love you all. Thank you for the continued support in the Facebook group. You know we're on there from my experience podcast. Join in the discussion there. FME underscore podcast on Instagram. You already know my Instagram, complete underscore vision. All of this will be in the description. Share like subscribe we love y'all make sure you follow megan on instagram megan the woman i will put that in the description as well y'all take care y'all be blessed y'all be safe and we'll catch y'all next time peace hey rob thank you you're welcome yeah all right y'all